Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am Ron Pashery, columnist for TJRWrestling.net. I am here once again with my good friend, Alo, Mr. Wednesday Night, Aaron Lloyd hailing, Mr. Wednesday Night Live hailing from Athens, Greece. The European champion. The European champion. He was... He had it on display at Battleground on Sunday. Caught a lot of heat. So for much it. heat. But yes. Before we get to that, we have Throwback Madness will be available tomorrow. We reviewed Fully Loaded 1998. My pick for August leading into SummerSlam will be SummerSlam 98. And Mr. Wednesday Night Live has an announcement about our September selection because my selection in August will mean all four of us have, four of us have made a choice. So. So, for September, none of us have the choice of picking a pay-per-view. You, the fans, do. So, so for so the month of September, you guys can pick any pay-per-view that happened in the month of September, and we will review it. So, you, you have picks such as Breakdown 98. I'll repeat, do not pick that. You can go from Unforgiven 1999 to 2008, Breaking Point 2009, and then from there on, there was Night of, Champ- Night of Champions from 2010 to 2015. So... What you need to do is go f- well, find us on Facebook with, under Matt Madness or go on our Instagram page, matt.madness underscore podcast, and, f- and just comment under the post your name, your, your pick, and your pick will be, the paper we choose will be under will be picked randomly, and we'll go from there. And that will be announced after the SummerSlam 98 review. Now, before we move on with the show, I just want you to mention one more time, which show do you absolutely not want picked? Breakdown 1998. Do you want to say it one more time? Breakdown 1998. <laughs> All right. I wonder how many Breakdown 1998s we're going to see <laughs> pop up. We're not, <laughs> we're not picking it even if it does show up. That's the one day I won't show up. <laughs> All right. So, so going out on a limb, we're not going to do Breakdown 1998. So moving on. We have what is finally actually a new era in WWE. The brands are split. Both shows are live, exclusive rosters, but Battleground was the last show before the rosters were truly split. It was a mixed roster going against each other. We happened to be there in our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. It was an incredible crowd, a great atmosphere. Alo, I don't know what your expectations were for Battleground. Mine were far exceeded. I don't know if you felt the same way. I, I feel the same way. I marked out six times in three days. <laughs> now, was it exactly twice on each three of the three shows or not exactly? Uh, no. You don't have to say what you marked out over yet. But. I think it was Battleground was, I think, what was it? One for Battleground. I think three times on Raw. I think twice on, maybe two or three times on SmackDown. Okay. Um, so, Battleground exceeded our expectations. No doubt. If I'm giving it a rating, do you want to break down our rating system one more time for the listeners in case they've forgotten or yeah. have never listened to us before? They better have listened to us before. <laughs> so our rating system is, if it's a bad show, it's a jobber. If it's an okay show, somewhere in the middle, it'll be called a slobber knocker. And if it's an amazing show, it'll be a showstopper. All right. Who do you want to go for? You want me to go first or you, you want to go give ahead. yours first? I'm going to go out on a limb and give it a showstopper. Ooh. Because I, and like I said, this isn't even so much just about the action in the ring. It was a blast from start to finish. I, it was a fun day. It was a fun show. I thoroughly enjoyed it. There were three matches that I thought were standout. 
and some stories that were told, some matches we may not see for a while. So I'm going to go right out on him and give it a showstopper. Wow. Well, I'm going to tune the band up myself and give it a showstopper. <laughs> Whoa! Like you said, that show from top to bottom, from the beginning to end, was, was excellent. WWE, they always see their entertainment company. And they entertained us right from the get-go with Bailey. So from from that point on, that set the mood for the night. And from and from that point on, I was satisfied. I didn't have a problem. But it was one bad match I didn't have to be on the show. Yeah. But other than that, I was I was satisfied. I'm glad I went. We went with the suspension. <laughs> who isn't here this week for whatever reasons. <laughs> But, he's not suspended again, is no, he? No, he's not suspended again. Okay, just making sure. But I had an amazing time. I'm glad we, we all decided to go. So am I. It was a great show. It was a great send-off into the new era. But let's get into some specifics about Battleground. Like I said, the crowd was incredible. The crowd was loud the whole night. They were into it the whole night. Uh, the Shield triple threat match, which we all have been waiting for for years. This is the last chance we were going to get it for a while, so I'm glad that they gave it to us. One of my biggest takeaways from the show is Roman is less over than ever. Oh, they destroyed him. Every time you saw his face, even if it was just a picture, it was a chorus of boos. It was, it's gotten really bad. They showed his picture. It was so funny. They show in the picture. opening. Yeah, they would show his picture. And they're like, boo. And they show somebody else. Like, yeah, boo. Yeah. yeah, that's how it was. It was, so, it was ridiculous. Yeah, it was not, not a good look for Roman. Dean and Seth both cheered by the entire building. So, clearly, the chosen one has had a precipitous drop in popularity, even though he was never that popular on his own to begin with. Dean and Seth have risen well above him. I really enjoyed this match. I loved the two promos that Dean and Seth did. I thought Seth's promo with Steph and Mick was great. I loved how much he put himself over. I loved how overconfident he was. I loved how he just had no doubt that I'm going to walk away with the championship. Like, it's just a formality. Mm -hmm. And I loved the back and forth with Dean and Daniel Bryan. When Daniel Bryan passionately told him why you are our number one pick. We know you're the best one out of these three. We, we know you're the one who will never die. The one who will keep coming back for more. The one who will fight anybody, anytime, anywhere, and come out on top at all costs. Loved that. And then I thought the match lived up to the expectations. Um, I'm not going to get into the finish yet, but your thoughts on the Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins triple threat. Well, live, it was great, but I rewatched this. Before I came so here. So I made a point not to. I wanted to talk about it okay. tonight with only what I saw live. Okay. From a, from a live aspect, it was great. But when you watch it, you'll feel it's missing something. Ro like, Roman being gone for 30 days, he had all this heat with Seth, but he had no heat with Dean. Right. And that took away a lot of the match when you rewatch re it. I think I have a problem I have with this. Seth's been destroying Roman for a month. And... The match just starts with them just Roman just staring at him. Why are you staring at him? Go go at him. He's been destroying you for a month, and you do nothing about it. And then you you move so slow, slow, methodical, what a bit. That it, that didn't really make sense with me. And that's another little thing they do. They did they did they didn't do naturally. Yeah, there should Roman. be a lot more intensity. Yeah. with him than what they and that's been a problem with him for 
a while now. I mean, we've been talking about that probably almost every episode we've done of this show. Mm-hmm. Is that they're not handling him properly. Yeah. Now, I personally loved that for the first five minutes of the match, Seth just kept getting thrown out of the <laughs> ring, and every time he came back in, he'd get thrown back out. I don't remember how many times it happened. Uh-huh. It seemed like f- three or four. Um, how did that come across watching it on the network? I didn't, I didn't really pay that really much attention, but I, I, I just looked at the psychology of it. I was like, okay. Like we thought it was loud in there, but when you watch it on TV, it's like okay, you could tell this match was missing something. But it it was the build up. Years from now, when you look back at this match, you people won't re- people won't remember the build up. You'll just see the video package. In WWE, they have like one of the best video package teams in the world. Yeah. But the good thing about this is with the brand split, they can go. They can have this again because you won't see it. All three of these guys interact since right. the brand split, so you can go back to this at any time. You want, and I'm sure the match would be the match would be better because you actually be, have an interaction with all three of these guys. Uh, I agree, and I think that's one of the good things about the brand split. Like I, I still have reservations about how they'll handle the brand split, but the one good thing is it will keep us from certain storylines that can be great getting used up in a year, which they seem to do. Like, they use it up over the course of the first year, they do it, and then you don't want to see it anymore. Yeah, and then another thing with the brand split is it's less writing for each superstar. You only yeah. going to see each superstar once a week right. for the most part. Yeah, so they're not getting overexposed every week. Yeah, and I, I love the Shades of the Shield with the double power bomb and Seth hitting Dean in the back with the chair. Yeah. It was shaped, clearly Shades that of the Shield. That was one of my favorite sequences of the night yeah. was them hitting that power bomb. The two of them teamed up. Yeah, when we were at payback last year, we got yeah. to see them turn. Who was it? Orton? They, they yeah, triple power bomb. Yeah, and Seth was like ready to high five everybody, yeah. and they immediately turned on him. <laughs> this was Dean and Seth teamed up on Roman, and then I loved that kind of a callback. Like Seth wasn't going to mess around. Like, oh yeah, we're boys again. Just immediately went for him with the chair. Yeah, and then it fit into the story with the Easter eggs from Raw with Seth doing the promo in the empty arena and Dean Ambrose doing the camera thing. Yeah. It fit into what they were doing with the Shield. Exactly. I did also think that the finish made sense because as a Seth Rollins mark, I wanted him to walk away with the title. I thought it made sense at the time to have the title on Raw, your top title. But if that title goes to Raw, they have nothing left on SmackDown Mm title-wise. They only have the Intercontinental at that point Mm -hmm. without that belt. So I thought it made sense to let Dean... And then I thought that was a great moment with the locker room clearing out and lifting Dean up on their shoulders. I had one issue with it. Do you know what my issue with it is? John Cena's the first one out. No. Okay. That the two people that hoisted Dean on their shoulders oh, were Roman's cousins. Why are you celebrating <laughs> when your cousin just lost? <laughs> that was my problem uh, with it. Well, another thing is, <laughs> I like that the GMs and the commissioners were out were outside for the match because they didn't overshadow them. Because we always say that the McMahon's always overshadow people, yeah. but they didn't overshadowed these guys because they had a, a legit rich interest in it because the winner of this match takes the, the top title to their brand. And it helped sell the next two nights of TV they were going to yeah. put on. Yeah, because we always been, cause we've been saying, okay, where, where are the titles? And the thing about these brand split, this brand split is we're going to learn new things and we want to learn those new things and that's, that's kind of a cliffhanger for us to, for, for, for to want to watch. Yeah, and how many times do we talk about or complain about the idea that the titles don't matter? Mm-hmm. And they showed right there how much that title mattered, that they were out there rooting for the guy on their show to bring the title to their show. To me, and some people talked about, and we'll get into this later, with the new title being introduced, some people think it will water down the other one, but I think that really elevated the WWE Yeah, it did. And the fact that it's on SmackDown, because SmackDown's been 
SmackDown's been so-called labeled as the evil, is the hated stepchild mm-hmm. all the time. Having your main title on the SmackDown brand elevates that brand as a whole. And I thought Seth was going to win. We both thought Seth was going to win, I think. Mm-hmm. But Dean Ambrose winning, it elevates him and SmackDown. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I thought that match, that match lived up to my expectations. I thought it was a great main event. It was a great way to end the show. Like I said, the locker room clearing out, celebrating with, with Dean, I thought was awesome because it puts over what we're going to be watching the next week. We talked about how much they're asking of us to watch a three-and-a-half-hour pay-per-view. Three hours of Raw the next day. Two hours of SmackDown oh, the no, next Ramani. day. I mean, we got two pay-per-views a month now yeah. in September. But they specifically closed the pay-per-view, giving us a reason to watch both shows. Yeah. So they, they did their job. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Oh, so it was billed as the end of the feud. It probably isn't because they both ended up on <laughs> Raw. But I'm glad they didn't put them on the same match on Raw. Well, we both said that we thought it took a little steam away from that match. It took a little anticipation away from it because they were not being indefinitely split up. But I thought that match was their best match so far. Yes. And again, I did. I made it a point not to watch it. Watching it there, watching what they put their bodies through, watching those two guys go all out. And you felt like, they made it feel like this is the last time we're going at it. Like, this is to see who's better. Mm-hmm. Like, you really felt like that was what it was all about. Yeah, that told, it told a story. And, okay, so I know you felt that way, the same way as me watching it in the arena. Mm-hmm. Watching it back on the network. Did you get the same feeling? Was it better? Was it worse? The same? It was better because, like you said, you always love Sami Zayn's facial expressions. Oh, yeah. Just like his face after hitting the first Luba kick and Owen just at his knees. Mm-hmm. He's just looking down at him was was sold it for me. Like, it's it told the match told a story. In the last three days, I've added two two matches to the match of the year board. <laughs> just in two days. So that's one of them. That's one of them. Because that, that match was, was excellent. It told a story. You, it was the, you, it had a real-life fight feel. You could tell these two hate each other. They're the best friends in their life. You could tell these two really hate each other. This is a legit fight. Sammy hitting the two exploder, two exploder suplexes, the two Huluva kicks. It showed the lengths that he wanted to do. Like, the look at Sammy Zane's eyes when he hit, that, when he hit those Huluva kicks was like, this man... Cost me months of my career. He cost me my NXT title. He's, he took he took me out. It all kind of reflected back in Sami Zayn's face. That's the look, expression, and you could feel that he had on his face. Yeah, that kind of harkens back to what you said about the final deletion, that last part yeah. the, where Matt Hardy saw the the whole experience flash before his eyes mm-hmm. before he threw the candle onto the gasoline. Yeah, and there were a lot of hard bumps, like the, the suplex on, yeah. the, on the apron, a lot of hard bumps, and when Sami Zayn went for a flying DT, always kicked him. Did Sami botch that one move when he landed on the apron? Yeah, yeah he did. A, I think it was a springboard moonsault, and he hit his head. I so think. he did land on his head. It was either his head or his shoulder, but he fell hard. Yeah, I thought so, and I, I was glad that and he, he was shaking his arm, yeah. and I thought he might have hurt his arm. So luckily it seems like he avoided injury. My last point that I want to make about this match... Is and I actually wrote this in my article this week. Vince Russo went nuts on the marks, the smarks, whatever you want to call them, for using the term worker. And he said, You don't know what the term worker means. Term worker doesn't mean you're good at moves or whatever. The term worker means whether you're working the crowd, bro. Whether you're getting people to believe in what you're doing. And he's basically saying no selling and all this stuff. They're not good workers. And he specifically called out these two guys as we're all calling them good workers and they're not. Well, guess what, bro? 
They had that crowd, and Vince loves to use this term when he talks about when he was writing. The fight was real, bro. <laughs> that and they had the crowd eating out of the palm of their hand. That, it was an excellent match. That is the definition. If that's what your definition of a great worker is, they are great workers because the crowd was eating out of the palm of the two of them. I'm glad hands. you brought him up because we'll get to Raw about Finn Balor. Mm-hmm. Or as he says, Ben Fowler. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I know I, I mentioned to you that... No, I heard it today. Out, and I know you said you couldn't wait to hear what he had to say. Was, oh. <laughs> so I look forward to hearing what you have to say about it. But that match, I agree, right up there as a match of the year candidate. That was a, a great show. And what you said about... I've mentioned his facial expressions a lot because I'm always impressed the fact that he was a masked wrestler his whole career. It's only been a couple years that he took the mask off and he uses his face as part of the story, as part of the match better than anybody else they have. I've always been very impressed with that. And Derek McCauley and Russ Diagostino, our first two guests on Matt Madness Unsanctioned, both have a lot of love for Sami Zayn, and they both kind of made the point that, like, Sami's the guy that, like, you always want him to win, but you kind of know he's going to lose, which makes it that much more satisfying when he finally wins. And I thought that played out exactly that way on Sunday. And I assume you probably feel the exact same exact, way. Yep. The AJ and the club. Last time we'll see the three of them together for at least the foreseeable future. Going up against Cena, Enzo, and Cass. I was looking forward to this because I, I, I'm a, a fan of everybody in this match. Not as much of Cena, but I have a lot of respect for Cena. I don't know if what I'm about to say is an insult to the work they did, or if it's just a really big compliment to what happened before the match. But that promo by Enzo and Cass <laughs> before that match was one of the highlights of the show. It was. Back to the entertainment factor. That's the first thing in my notes about this match. or this Yeah, this whole match segment. Enzo was excellent. Even Cass, excellent. And one thing I loved, one thing I loved about this, Cena didn't overshadow. Cena just sat, sat there and let them do them. And he just embraced it. Mm-hmm. Well, I loved when he held up Enzo's arm. Like he 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 really put those guys over. Yeah, because because we always say Cena overshadows people. He he always puts himself with the most over act on the roster just to get himself over. But he w- sat in the corner and let Enzo and Cass shine. Yeah, and I love yeah I loved that he didn't feel the need to say anything. I loved the credit that he gave Enzo. I loved that after Enzo was done talking. Cass walked up, and I assume this was a shoot. <laughs> he said, give it up for Enzo. That was, that was, that was, that was great. great. And when I saw I saw a video clip on Facebook, uh, I guess it was Sunday night, or Saturday, or Monday morning, I guess, technically. Um, it was Enzo when he said the part about the club. You know, you guys are like a couple of teenage girls from the Scream trilogy. <laughs> we know you're going to make a bad decision. And when he said that, and he was kind of like bobbing his head up and down, you could see Cass behind him covering his face because <laughs> he was laughing. I loved that Cass had to actually cover his face up so everybody wouldn't know he was laughing at what Enzo said. Yeah, Cena loved it too. Yeah, it, it was awesome. Good help with the love. We got a great soccer mom chant that was awesome. on AJ, and I loved his reaction to it, almost like he didn't even know what to do. <laughs> Always lie on your resume. How yeah. you doing? <laughs> Don't wear crocs. How you doing? <laughs> didn't Cass... Tell him he had to drop off the club, get in the minivan. Oh, yeah, drop him off. And drop the club off at Raw and then meet John Cena back at SmackDown. Yeah, that whole promo was great. The match, from what I remember, was good. Mm-hmm. Maybe it wasn't as good as I remembered because the promo, I think, just 
had me on a high going into it, and I just enjoyed it. But it also set up some could have set up two stories for SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. I assume AJ and Cena are now going to have a SummerSlam match, and it's very po- It looks like it may not go this way, but it's very possible the club Anderson and Gallows could continue going up against Enzo and Cass on Raw. Possibly, yeah. Um, I, I don't know if that's going to be a SummerSlam match, but it could be. At the moment, I thought, like, why did AJ take the pin? Well, like, well, in the moment. And then well, it was like, oh, yeah, well, obviously they're building a third match with yeah, Cena and AJ. Yeah, because I mentioned that last week because that, the, that um, for SmackDown last week, it was it was advertised that AJ and Cena were going to go one-on-one, but it didn't happen. Yeah. So I was like, Cena has to get a pin on has to beat AJ some sometime, and that's the only time to do it. Mm-hmm. And but this match, I rewatched this match too. This match was real entertaining, even from the promo. It it, it built to the match. Everybody got a chance to shine this mm-hmm. match. And like I said, I thought Cena was going to have to beat AJ to get that win back in the club being separate. And even the way AJ lost, he took the you know top rope mm-hmm. AA. It's not like, you know, everybody was kicking out of the AA for a while, mm-hmm. but he took it from the top rope. It was not. It didn't weaken his position at all. Yeah, and, was, and, and that was a, that was actually the second AA, but because the first one got broken up. But yeah. a, a top rope AA that is something devastating. Yeah, who's going to kick out of that? Other than maybe Cena would be the <laughs> one that would kick out of a top rope AA. And then one thing, another thing about the club is they said the club wasn't over; they're just expanding. I'm interested to see where to go with that. But going to be new members. Yeah, I don't, or they're I don't just know. going to stay together. Just when they, whenever it's a, a, a together page, we're just going to come come together or what? I'm interested to see about that. Yeah, expanding, I don't know how it could expand. I guess, like you said, we're, we're going to be learning some new things along the way here, mm-hmm. so maybe that'll be one of the things we learn. Mm-hmm. The other six-man tag, the New Day against the Wyatts. I know this was one you were not looking forward to so much. I was, because I'm a big Bray Mark, and I thought that it made sense to make Bray look strong coming out of Battleground knowing that you're going to need him to be in a more prominent position on SmackDown, or so I would think. The match itself, for the most part, was okay. I didn't think it was spectacular, but what elevated it for me was that they paid off the story between Woods and Bray. Like, that Woods was supposed to be enchanted or terrified of Bray, whatever it was, and that's how the... Like, Xavier Woods was destined to lose... To Bray Wyatt, mm-hmm. and I, th- I thought it was a good touch of storytelling to have the match end that way. Mm-hmm. We talked about it, I think, three or four weeks ago. I think you said it that you could you could picture Bray doing the spider walk and Xavier being terrified, and that's uh-huh. exactly what happened. Uh-huh. So maybe they are listening to our show, as we yeah. like to say pretty often. Uh-huh. What are your thoughts on this match? Well, um, you know, I didn't really look forward to this match because I don't care for any of the mm-hmm. any of the Wyatt family in the ring, but. This was kind of an ongoing story, but night the pacing of this match was fine. It didn't last too long at all. It got it kind of got right to the point. And um, Biggie almost killed himself again. Yes, <laughs> that, that was like the theme of Battleground. Yeah. A lot of people almost killed themselves. Mm-hmm. Sasha, ba- Biggie, and Sami Zayn. But the match paid. The match paid off. The, ma- the payoff was what we needed. Bray Wyatt, Bray going one one Xavier. And Xavier, so called standing up to Bray Wyatt, even though he did it on on Raw Monday night, but it was good again on SmackDown for no reason. But it did help Bray Wyatt look strong. And for now, the, for for now, the last and look we have the Wyatt family. And the, I'm glad you brought that up about Xavier standing up to Bray because it was like he came across as a guy who was like fighting for his life in there, like just all out, kind of like in The Dark Knight Rises when 
Batman, or when Bane says to Batman, like, you know, you fight like a young man, nothing mm-hmm. held back. And that's exactly what Xavier did. Like, just everything just thrown out there and ultimately wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the way that the story played out in that match. Now, this I saved for a little while. Um, we met, You mentioned it at the top of the show. We had a women's tag match. The champion, Charlotte, with her protege, Dana Brooke, against the boss, Sasha Banks, and a mystery partner. We had some theories on who it could be. I know there was one person we all wanted it to be, and it turned out to be her, Bailey. I told you as soon as her music played, like, my night is already made. Like, yeah, mine was too. <laughs> whatever they do from here on out, like, it's already a good show for me. Yep. Um, and we also realized, I said this to you right after, our friendship had come full circle <laughs> with Bailey and Sasha tagging. The, the first thing we did together without a mutual friend, Eric, uh-huh. was go to see uh, TakeOver Brooklyn. We were both there to see Sasha against Bailey in that women's match. Mm-hmm. And now, almost a full year later, we got to see them tag with each other in Bailey's main roster debut. Mm-hmm. She got a great reaction. Any doubt she may have had about whether the main roster crowd would respond to her. Mm, they loved it. Those fears were alleviated immediately. I, I was a little upset that nobody wanted to do my Bailey NXT chance with me, but yeah, that's no, whatever. Yeah, that's true. They, I guess they didn't know him. They either didn't know him, or I don't know if people were just distracted, which it, it might have been. But even like the little stuff she does in the ring, the crowd was reacting mm-hmm. the right way to it. Um, I thought it was a good performance from her. Obviously, a good performance from Sasha. I thought Dana, say what you want about her, but... I thought it was a good match, and it was seeing those two hug at the end of the match, like the, whether <laughs> Sasha on. wanted to hug her or Come not, on. I thought was great. I don't know if you saw the clip of the two of them afterwards. I did, the hug and boss con- boss yeah. and hug connection. Yeah, Sasha tweeted something today telling somebody telling WWE Shop to put them over and make them a T-shirt. <laughs> I'd buy it if they did made you, it. You, you, oh, you saw the same interview. They were arguing over Funaki and Shinsuke. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, I thought that was a great match. I thought it was a lot of fun. Bailey coming out, like I said, was a highlight of the show for me. Um, I was really happy for her that she got the response that she did. And that she got to to debut in, like, a big spot. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was, to open the show with that, that was brilliant on WWE's part. Yeah, they they set the tone for the rest of the night doing that. Bailey Bailey debuting, she said it was only a one-time thing for now. But her debuting was in the mark out moment of the year category for the end of the year for us. Yeah. That's it's the tone for the rest of the night. And just watching this over, being and being there, I still got goosebumps. Yes. Yeah. Watching it on watching it at home as I did there. It was such a great feel good moment. Yeah, Eric actually even made the point like midway through the match or actually it might have been right after the introductions that Bailey actually outpopped Sasha. Yeah. Which Again, makes sense because you did. You were hoping it was going to be her. You didn't know if it was going to be her. It's the first time you see her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it couldn't have gone better for her, and I thought I thought it was great. Yeah, and, and I know. And, you Sa- and Sasha's smile. She couldn't even hold her emotions. Like I know. the way she smiled, right when her music hit, that everybody knew her. Because yeah. that's always the worst. That's always the thing in people's mind. Dude, are they gonna know who I am? So Bailey said that before Takeover Brooklyn. She was like, "These may just be people who are." in town for SummerSlam who don't watch NXT, they may not be into us. And turned out that crowd was into them. And she thought probably thought the same thing going into this match. And 
again, was proven wrong. That crowd was very much into the Bailey character, seeing her debut, and I'm sure everybody wants to see her back on the main roster sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Uh, the highlight reel. So good. <laughs> maybe, my, maybe my favorite highlight reel ever. I thought Jericho really brought his A game. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> the disgusted faces. Um, how annoyed he was with Randy Orton. <laughs> the fact that he had to keep calling Orton out on the carpet. You know, he made fun of the hashtag out of nowhere. Uh-huh. He said, maybe I'll give you a code breaker out of nowhere. <laughs> um, I loved all the things, obviously, he said that Brock allegedly said about him. And I loved when he called him a stupid yeah. idiot and said, Brock's where it's not mine. I love, it. I love <laughs> he said, one of my favorite people in the world since day one, Stephanie Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was great. I mean, they always have great interaction between the two of them. But I love the highlight. I love that the RKO, he, he brought up the RKO as soon as he got out there. I love that he mocked the RKO like five or six times mm. during it. And I love that at the end of it, that he thought he had defended it and then got caught with it anyway. And, and I mean, we all knew it was coming, but yeah. I thought they did a good job of, of stringing it along. And then he said, I got a present for you. I got the gift of Jericho. <laughs> Bring it in, man. And, and, then, he, and then he flinched when the yeah. one came over to him. Because <laughs> I, I think we both said that we thought it was going to happen when he said, Drink it in, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was glad that I got to see that in person. Dude, for the so first time. We were laughing the whole time. Yeah, I, I legitimately did laugh throughout the entire I did too. late room. He really is like, and I loved Jericho back in the day. Mm-hmm. Jericho, like through the second half of between 2005 2010, I was kind of like, eh, I don't like him as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. And then when he came back, I thought the same thing. Like, ah, it's a shame Jericho isn't as good as he used to be, and he's just as good as ever, if not getting better. And Orton came out super babyface. I lo- I like when he when um Jericho asked him why are you facing Brock. Orton says I want to have the best impact, the bi- make the biggest impact I can. I'm not gonna come back nine months later and face Fandango. Yeah. That's what Jericho did. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was a great line. Uh-huh. And he brought up the line that uh he he didn't need enhancement like <laughs> Brock did, which I thought was a, a good line. Now I don't know how they're gonna build this match towards SummerSlam with the two of them being on opposite shows. But I guess it's something we'll, like you said, we'll learn along the way. I'm not super looking forward to that match personally, but uh, we'll be there. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's true. So I guess we'll we'll see it one yep. way or the other. Uh, last two matches <coughs> on the battleground card. Nothing really to write home about. Rusev and Ryder for the U.S. title. I was impressed by Ryder. He did. He did. He played his role of the underdog babyface who looked like he had a chance to win mm-hmm. and just came up short. Yep. Um, Good performance from Rusev, as always. Uh, you're, you're right, though. And like I said, I think it was last week, that I gave Ryder a chance after one of our friends told me, like, I actually like Zack Ryder. And I, I started paying more attention to him. And he, he's got a lot of ability. And mm-hmm. hopefully he gets a chance to to use it a little more, mm-hmm. you know, in this new era. Yeah, and I'll come, I'll come, I'll come, I'll come over Zack Ryder because when he, first, when he first so-called hit the scene with his Long Island... Ice Z thing, mm-hmm. it, just, it was just so Jersey Shore, and it was too much, and yeah. it was a little over the top. I didn't really care for, but now that like, he has new music and he's not really being portrayed as that, I, I'm, I'm starting to come around on him a bit. And he showed why I've come around him. He he had a pretty good ma- pretty good match with Rusev. You didn't expect that seeing Zack Ryder versus Rusev for the U.S. title. Yeah, he's a great athlete. He has a good look. He can talk. 
if they gave him a character, he'd probably be able to pull it off. Well, so, he, well he's staying hype now with Mojo. Well, that's true. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. And that is something we will get into later. Uh, the Miz and Darren Young. We'll do that justice by not talking about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> that was the uh, the match you were referring to that was the one bad match. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, and um, Becky. Um, oh, Becky Natty. and Natty, you're right. The match was uh, was fine. Yeah. I didn't I didn't like the finish. Mm-hmm. I thought Becky should have gone over. I well, thought it, was, it made sense well, for her to I go I think over. Natty won because when you turn heel, you have to turn heel for a reason. You kind of have to win. And on top of that, Natty lost three three pay-per-views in a month. Three, mm-hmm. pay, three straight pay-per-views. So she had to get something eventually. Yeah, I just went in with no doubt Becky was going to win. And then when she lost, I was like, it's like somebody let some of the air out of the balloon <laughs> for me when that happened. But it was a good match. I mean, the two of them are always going to have a good match. Mm-hmm. They had a rematch on SmackDown. That was better. Into. It was better. Um so, Battleground, like we said, it was a great show, exceeded expectations, it was fun to be there live, like you said, it was fun to watch it back, mm-hmm. the second time I'll probably watch it at some point over the weekend. Um, it led us beautifully into the new era of both Raw and SmackDown. There were big events that took place at that show that led us into Monday and Tuesday, respectively. Uh, Raw opened with Steph and McFoley. Talking about the new era, Foley saying we're going to try to give you a great program every week. I'm going to work with the roster. They brought the whole roster out and announced that they're going to have a new championship, the WWE Universal Championship, named after the WWE Universe. I had the same response when I heard the name. It just sounds kind of corny. I've come around on it in the last 24 hours. That's what I was just going to say. Like To me, I like that it's got a different sounding name. Yeah. It's got a different connotation. I hope the belt itself looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I sent you the picture today. You sent me the picture, and I'm hoping that's not what it actually is. I didn't mm-hmm. like it. Okay. I thought it was way too WWE logo heavy. Okay. Way too many WWE logos mm-hmm. on there. Um, the actual design is fine, but it's just, just way the, too well, many logos. Just the one off the, off the globe, and you'll, it'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But I, I've come around on... The name, the Universal title. And I know that was like a thing on Twitter and Facebook. Everybody was complaining about the name. It's like they've given you pretty regularly great pay-per-views over the last few months. Mm-hmm. They gave you a great episode of Raw. One of the best episodes, maybe the best Raw of the year on Monday. Do we really need to give them a hard time about the name of a new champion? What else are you going to really name it? Yeah, and then that's... T- First, it fits the narrative of what they are now, the WWE Universe. And if you really sit down and think about it, Universal is another way to say world. Right. So that's, why I've, that's how I've come around on it. It fits what they're going for this generation, and it, it's just another word for world. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think there's worse things that they could do on Raw than name that title the Universal Championship. Yeah. But uh, Seth Rollins was named as someone, he was named basically as the number one contender for it based mm-hmm. on he was automatically going to be in a match at SummerSlam for that title. They're going to have two fatal four-way matches to decide who would face Seth Rollins at SummerSlam for the new championship. The first match was Cesaro, Rusev, Kevin Owens, and the debuting Finn Balor. Markout moment. <laughs> was that your three. biggest markout moment or no? No, Bailey was number one. Okay, but Finn was probably close, I'm yeah. guessing. They, I feel like the crowd gave a good reaction to him. 
Yeah, he knew who he was. He looked like he belonged there. Mm-hmm. That's always one of my worries when, like, a smaller guy comes up from NXT. Am I going to see him on the main show and feel like, oh, he doesn't quite look like he fits? But well, you can't mess him up. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he looked like he belonged. The second one was Jericho, Sheamus, Sami Zayn, and the ever-popular Roman Reigns. Whoever won those two matches would face each other in the main event. I thought both of these matches were good for the most part. Yeah. I thought the first one was better than the second one. Yeah, it one. was. Um, I thought the first match was a ton of great false finishes. Like, there were multiple times when I thought the match might, might have actually ended. I liked the finish, and I thought it was a great debut for Finn. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought he acquitted himself really well in that match. The crowd did not like seeing Roman Reigns win. <laughs> I think my favorite part of this match was was the finish, which was Jericho mocking Roman, yeah, trying to hit the spear on him, and then ultimately screwing himself over mm-hmm. and losing the match. Uh, when this happened, did you think, "Oh my God, Finn is going to get squashed by Roman"? Already? Yes, I did. I really did because leading up to this, we already thought since Roman, so Seth has all this heat on Roman, it's going to be Seth and Roman at SummerSlam, but. This was a complete. You could tell this was like a new era. We talked about a new era before, but this is com- completely new era with Raw. The main thing is in the first Fatal Four Way, all four guys were never world champion, and that was the one. That was one thing I really enjoyed. Yet yeah, we're guaranteed a guy who's ever been the world mm-hmm. champion to be in one of these matches. Yeah. I kind of had a new kind of new Finn Balor would win that match. Cesaro and Rusev they shine going one in their one on one part. I hope that's a match the thing for the U.S. title because because they had great interaction yeah. in that match. And I know Ro- I know Roman was I, I knew Roman would win that match, but later on in that and when Roman and Finn were going at, I was like, okay, are you really going to feed Finn to him already, or is Roman going to? Do his punishment and take do the favors, or is his punishment over? That was my big concern. But Finn, I thought if he was going to lose, it would be the first match when it would be technically somebody else losing. You know, uh-huh. like he could lose the match without actually losing himself. Uh-huh. Once he was in the main event, I just felt like you can't bring this guy up with all this fanfare and then just have him lose to Roman. It's like what? What's the point? Like mm-hmm. you already took all the steam off him if you did that. Um, the fans wanted to see it. On Twitter, people were going crazy. On Facebook, people were going crazy. In the arena, people were going crazy. And in a different way, Vince Russo was going crazy. Bro, you mean to tell me, bro, that Ben Fowler, bro, <laughs> is going to beat the bigger Roman Reigns, bro? <laughs> like, I was so disgusted when I heard it. Like, I, I think Vince Russo is funny because he's just completely out there. The reason I like I, the reason the things I do like about him in is him as a writer because he does talk about writing and things that do make sense and what happened during the Attitude Era. That's why I listen to him. But a lot of his opinions on today's product are completely ridiculous because re- wrestling adapts, all sports adapt. In the NBA and NFL, all these new play. Well, I'll go to the NBA. In the NBA, the center the center position is basically deceased. Everybody's a hybrid type player. These wrestlers, wrestlers are the same way. They're not. You see less and less jack body guys anymore. You see all these shredded CrossFit guys, and they could, they're just as much as good as all these bigger guys, if not better. Yeah. So throughout time, things evolve, and that's where we are in all kinds of sports. Yeah. How many? Like, and I've been a big proponent of saying like a lot of people hate Roman because he's not the type of worker Sami Zayn is or Seth Rollins is. 
not everybody is going to be that. But just because you're big does not mean you need to be the champion. Yeah. And not to mention, Russo contradicts himself quite often. Like, he's one of the people that says the titles don't matter. Oh, it's, it's a fake title, bro. You didn't really win it. Somebody just gave it to you. Well, then, okay. So then why does it have to be the biggest guy got it? Like, it's two things that don't make sense. Like, if the biggest guy should have the title because he'd win in a real fight, one, that takes away, like, part of the enjoyment of wrestling. Mm-hmm. If it's just the bigger guy wins, what fun is that? The big, All the biggest guys would be winning every match. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't make any sense. And then he talks about how great Michaels was back in the day. Mm-hmm. Michaels was small. Michaels was kind of similar to a lot exactly. of these guys. Exactly. Was Michaels better at selling than those guys? Yeah, but guys don't sell the same way anymore they used to. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're putting on a show more so than a fake fight mm-hmm. because they know the people watching, for the most part, are not thinking it's real. When's the last time you got caught up in a wrestling match and had to tell, oh, wait, it's not real? Like, have you, when's the last time you did that? Never. When's the last time you believed it was real? Never. Okay, and I'm on record. Eight years old is the last time I believed it. Was I, real. I, yeah, I know it's a, I know it's a, I know it's a fight, but I see, I, I'm looking at the intensity. Right. And that's what, and that's what he's talking about. I'm looking at the intensity. I know what's going on. You want, you want to believe this match, and, and, and see the story. It, exactly. Uh. The one thing I'll give Vince Russo credit for, I don't know if you've heard of the YouTube show he does. Never he started, watched it. He started working with this small promotion in Colorado. Yeah, I, I've heard him talk about that. And the show is called, well, the show he's doing is called The Business of the Business, where he got brought in as a talent, talent development coach. And you get to see him sit down with all these wrestlers and mm-hmm. kind of talk about their character. It's, it's really, you would actually really like it. Mm-hmm. Any wrestling fan, whether you like Vince Russo or not, it is worth watching because... It's fun to get to see the creative process they go through, how they come up with a character, how they develop a storyline, how they come up with the best way to do a promo. Um, so, yeah, the business of the business, That I guess that's your homework for some time down the road. <laughs> There's only three episodes of it so far. Okay. They're about 30 minutes each. Okay. Um, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I got something else to say. Yeah. I was interested in hearing Roman speak because we haven't heard from him in 30 days. And then they do the, these, these after-match interviews now. And they talk about, and they ask Roman, or they ask Roman, they talk, they talk to Roman and says, he does the old, he should turn heel. This, well, matter of fact, I'm going to get into a question from Professor Charles Xavier Ahmed right. Johnson. Ahmed <laughs> Johnson. <laughs> he says, the WWE missed another perfect Reigns heel turn opportunity during Battleground. They missed it during Raw. Because this guy's been gone for a month. Nobody's heard a word from this guy. Seth's been destroying him. Stephanie destroyed him, and the fans destroyed him. Called him a loser. Him. Yeah. The fans destroyed him, and he does the most babyface thing. I hope he wins. I respect that dude. Yeah, I respect that dude, and I was, like, rolling the eye. Yeah, I'm like, like, oh, you're, I'm like, you're doing I'm, it I'm again. I'm like, come on. Like, that makes no sense. You need to be healed. And all that time Finn was celebrating in the ring, I was waiting for Roman. I was, to too. Him. I was, too. I, I thought what he should have did was not even talk. When they, they try to interview him, don't talk. You walk away Push or go back to the ring. away, like whatever, anything but what he did. Yeah, show some frustration because you should have frustration because you were suspended, Seth destroyed you, Stephanie destroyed you, and now you lost to Finn Balor. The way I looked at it was that showed me they're not going to turn him heel. Mm-hmm. They're going to try to make him, instead of the superhuman Roman Reigns, 
there's going to make him the human baby face mm-hmm. Roman Reigns, at least for a while. Yeah, I don't know where he goes. But they did miss an opportunity. I mean, Raw would have been a perfect opportunity yeah. to do it. And like you said, like you said, they missed it. Yeah, I don't know where he goes from here. But I'm glad Balor won because they put Balor over huge. He pinned the U.S. champion, and he pinned the three-time champion the same night. And that's going to be a phenomenal match. Yeah, so Finn's kind of already... Just in one night, kind of a made guy already. The match is going to be phenomenal. I don't know if we're going to get the demon or not. I don't think they. I don't think they'll do that yet. At SummerSlam, they might just because it's such a huge show. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they're trying to. That was another thing that Russo had a problem with. I don't know if you saw. He said the whole. Th- the most interesting thing about him is his entrance, and he didn't even do his spectacular entrance. Yeah, it's like there's more. His to whole it than entrance, the entrance is spectacular. Demon or not? Agreed. And then. Another thing is, it's like they're making him important right now, and that's the about this new guard. For Raw, they're making new guys right now. Yeah, they're not waiting, holding off for a yeah. certain time. It's like we know people like this guy. We know this guy can be somebody. Let's make him somebody right away. Yep. Um, One more. Oh, oh yeah, go ahead. All right, let me see. I got another question from the babyface Ron Lloyd. All right. He says, "Did Finn Balor's victory over Roman Reigns on Raw signal the end of Roman's run as the top babyface?" I don't think it signaled the end. I think this is part of the medicine he's going to have to take for a little while. Yeah, I, I agree. Because like I said, I knew he was taking the pinfall at some at um battleground, and I didn't expect the fatal. I didn't expect him to be in a fatal four way, mm-hmm. <coughs> and in the finals. But he did do the favors in the finals. So, as, for now, will he be a top babyface in the world title scene? No, because he's have to work his way back up. Because of what he did, because they're not letting that go. Yeah, so it's not the end of it. It's just we're on like a hiatus from it for mm-hmm. a little while. I think uh, what I think was honestly the biggest story of the week. I wanted to lead off with this, but I thought I might just sidetrack the whole show and just talk about this for an hour and a half. Yeah, I would too. Just uh, to see my notes on this. It, it was it was announced. In the opening segment, that Sasha Banks would challenge Charlotte for the Women's Championship. I wasn't sure how I felt about that, because I, honestly, I felt like when they announced I was like, well, now she's going to lose. She's mm-hmm. not going to win the title tonight. Then she did her interview backstage. Awesome. And it was an awesome interview, but when she said the one line about, I'm going to be the first new champion of the new era, I said, all right, she's going to win. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they wouldn't say that. If that was not something they were going to... Because you know they love their catchphrases. Uh-huh. They, they knew they were going to use that on social media, the first new champion of the new era. So I was like, she's going to win. I was like 90% sure. Didn't know. And good Lord, how great was that match? So this is at, this is the second match added to the match of the year board <laughs> and the women's match of the year board because this match was excellent. <laughs> uh, bo- I mean, both women... Uh, a ton. Uh, I I liked Charlotte's interview too. When yeah, Charlotte, Charlotte has so much intensity. She basically said Sasha's old. Sasha's going to bow to the Queen. You can bank on that. I mm-hmm. thought that was a great a great line in her interview. But so much intensity between the two of them. They were working incredibly stiff. It looked like last night. Yeah. Very physical. Yeah. Because this this is a blood feud in women's division, and you know I hate lockups on blood feuds. But if you do a lockup, that's the kind of lockup yeah. you do. Yeah, where it, it was a struggle. Like, it was a fight. That was yeah. an awesome lockup. Both, I mean, they did two, and they were both great. 
Sasha did the Eddie move where she threw the title to Dana. Well, she did that. Oh, she did that. So, okay, she's winning. <laughs> she's winning. They weren't going to shout out. I've Eddie been waiting for two her to times do that. and ever lose. Mm -hmm. I watching the two of them throughout the match, though. I mean, Sasha's baseball slide was great when uh, Charlotte was standing mm -hmm. uh, outside the ring. Uh, the double knees off the apron, Always you know, great. that's a great spot. I love the suicide dive where she almost broke her neck like Lita. Again. Yeah. Thank God Charlotte can catch. Every time she I does know. that, I just cringe. I, I get terrified. Me too. Uh, Charlotte's moonsault to Beautiful. the outside was incredible. The crowd, there was one point early on in the match where I thought the crowd wasn't into it. I, mm -hmm. I started to hear murmurs of a CM Punk chant. <laughs> and I was about to get, I thought I might talk about that for an hour and a half tonight. But, they eventually got the crowd on both their sides when Sa when Charlotte looked at Sasha and said, you'll never beat me. I have something to say about that. Did you notice before that match, the, with the Mountain Dew moment or whatever, was mm -hmm. HBK Flair. They showed HBK saying, I'm sorry, I love you. Yeah. And then Charlotte did it in her match. Yeah. So, so good, so much intensity. Like, Charlotte's hair kind of all over the place. Uh -huh. Like, her facial expressions have gotten so good. And then, obviously, right after Charlotte exclaims, you'll never beat me, Sasha goes right ahead and beats her, becomes the new women's champion. We thought between Battleground and SummerSlam, we were definitely going to be there to see it live when she won the women's championship. Mm -hmm. I think they do listen to the show, and they found a way to keep us from seeing yes. it happen live. They went out of their way to do it. I know. But, awesome moment. She cried as we expected. Her interview after the match was great. FaceTime and Bailey. Yeah, oh, that was awesome too. Uh -huh. um, that might be my favorite Raw moment of the of 2016. It is my favorite Raw moment of 2016 thus far. Mm -hmm. uh, great match. Great finish to the match. Great interview after the match. Um, I loved that she was out there unscripted. Mm -hmm. She got to speak from her heart and say what she felt in that moment. I guess that's one of the benefits of her being a baby face right now is she can tell that story of the 10-year-old girl that's been wanting to do this her whole life, of the fact that she does want to inspire little girls, that you can achieve your dreams, of that, you know, I did this for all of you people here. Like, I want to come out here every week and give you a women's champion you can be proud of. The fact that she's a baby face, she can say those things, and if she was a heel, like, I know both of us think she's so great as a heel, but she would not get to, to do that if she was the old NXT heel mm -hmm. Sasha Banks. Well, first, I have to give it to Charlotte, though, because as a woman, as long as she's been diva slash women's champion, she's been a top five heel in the company. Mm -hmm. She did an excellent job of being, becoming a heel. This, this, is, this is my third mark. What am I, three or four? Am I, I think you're up to four right okay, now. This is my fourth mark <laughs> moment of, of, the three, of, of the last three days. But if we had video this week, we could have put a counter up, like yeah, Suplex City. Yeah, yeah, like um, the Super Kick Party. Yeah. Young Bucks. But after holding Sasha back for for a year, uh, presumably, they finally did it. They had to do the Unity, the team back thing, the Unity crap. They kept her off TV for months at a time. They finally pulled the trigger, and, it's, and you, the crowd wanted it. This is what everybody wanted. Foley even gave her a shout out after this match. Mm-hmm. And. How great was that yes chant mm -hmm. after? It was awesome. It was awesome. And, like, this is why I care about women's wrestling. And I care about more women than the men now. now Because they're actually, in, in a male-dominated sport, they're actually fighting for something. They're actually out there telling stories from Sasha Banks to Charlotte to Becky Lynch all the way down 
to Carmella. You can even say Eva Marie in there. Because even even Eva Marie, she she might not be good in the ring, but she knows she's hated and she could tell a story. Yeah, she knows she has a part to play and she knows how to play it. Yeah. They put on excellent performances, better than most men most that match with Charlotte, most men can't even top that match mm-hmm. at all. And there's something about the four horsewomen. Presumably Sasha and Bailey. And I'll probably say Becky. Charlotte the last one because we know Charlotte came into the company yeah. late. But I think there's some we have more of a connection to them because they're true they're true fans. They grew up wanting this. And you could tell Sasha like Eddie Guerrero. She doesn't pull like she pulls it out every now and then in important moments. It's not like Dolph Ziggler who is HBK every every second of the day. Yeah. Sasha will pull out an Eddie Guerrero move very very rarely. It's like or out of desperation. Yeah. Same thing with Bailey. She does the same thing. I think we gravitate gravitate to these women because they they are us. Even though the women, they are us. They are fans. They are diehard fans. You could as you could tell. No disrespect to Trish and Lita, but I feel way more connected as a fan to these women now. Me too. And part of that is the beauty of NXT mm-hmm. is we get to watch them grow up into the characters they have become. Yep. Like, we got to see Sasha Banks go from, like, she will, she would tell you, the the girl who was just happy to be there. Yeah. To, then they told the story of her needing an edge to get to where she was trying to go. Mm-hmm. She became the boss. Then as the boss, she worked her way up, finally won the championship, and then was a dominant champion for seven months. Mm-hmm. Like, we got to watch all that unfold before she ever got on Raw. Mm-hmm. So... I think that's one of the benefits of NXT. That's why we feel that way for Sami Zayn. Uh, Kevin Owens wasn't there as long. That's a lot of people feel that way about Finn Balor because they got to watch him perform at NXT for the last two. Yeah, years. And that's how you become beloved. And I'm just, I'm just so glad. I don't know, like I don't even know who booked Raw because <laughs> this was a completely different show. I'm glad they didn't hold them back because on the WWE roster, you are always so held back from mm-hmm. doing, from doing what you want. You always have somebody in your ear. They let them go out and have the best match that they can have, and we've seen them have before. Yeah. This is probably my favorite Charlotte-Sasha match. Uh, definitely is. My favorite one before was the first NXT match I ever saw. Or Our Evolution? Yeah. Uh, it wasn't the first NXT match I ever saw. It was the first match takeover. I saw the two yeah. of them. That takeover mm-hmm. when Sasha lost. But I remember about maybe like 10 minutes into the match, a This Is Awesome chant broke out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. Like, it is awesome. Mm-hmm. It's a women's match, and it is awesome. Um, so that w- I had that had like a a special place for me because it was the first match I ever saw Sasha in, first match I ever saw Charlotte in. It was a great match, and it was all part of their story. But this match last night was incredible. And even Charlotte walking back out after yeah. the, afterwards, like angry, sad. She sold it brilliantly. Like how pissed she was that she lost, and I, I really am looking forward to see like what's next for the two of them now, because that's not the end of it. Um, not as good of a, a high. Would you have anything else to say about no. it before I move on? No, okay. I think we took an hour and a half already. All right. So the new day came out to celebrate as the quote unquote longest tag team champions of all time. We got a good video package of showing their evolution over their <laughs> since their inception as the New Day, which was kind of fun to see. Budios has become a real serial. FYE. Yes. If you still have one. <laughs> and they wanted to bring out a fan to celebrate with them. What was his name again? Sonny Boy. Sonny Boy. <laughs> what did you think of Sonny Boy? <sighs> Can I tell you the one thing I enjoyed about Sonny Boy? What? So, 
spoiler alert, Gallows and Anderson come out to attack the New Day. Mm-hmm. And Sonny Boy hightailed it out of the ring and jumped back into the crowd before <laughs> Gallows and Anderson could get their hands on him. But what I loved about Sonny Boy was hearing Michael Cole say, oh, they almost got Sonny Boy. It just sounded so stupid. And I and he said it so serious, like he was so worried about Sonny Boy. Like, as if anybody's real name would be Sonny Boy. It was so dumb, but I couldn't help but laugh at it. Um, I assume Gallows and Anderson are now going to be in a program with the New Day at this point. Yeah, I'm, and I'm glad they have... Because when the club broke off or got drafted to different shows, I always want to know what they're going to do. And yeah. they actually they put them directly into a feud with the New Day. And, they, and it, made, it made them look dominant because they took all three of them out. Right, which which is good, which is what you need. Enzo and Cass got a win over uh, Eric's cousins, the Shining Stars. <laughs> is that where Eric is? Maybe he's in Puerto Rico. He might be. <laughs> I guess we can find out we'll after find the out. show. Yeah, we'll, we'll FaceTime him. Yeah. Uh... Costing the, the Shining Stars the match were uh, Golden Truth playing Pokemon Go all over the arena. So you know what I told you on Sunday. What I wished I could have seen was R-Truth show up on the wrong show this week. <laughs> but because he's with Goldust, it wasn't going to happen. This is a very close <laughs> second place. to Because it, it was, like I said, silliness. And I liked it. Pokemon Go, that game has gotten so huge where everybody talks about it. It, it made like it made sense that he would be playing him and Goldust oh, would be playing Pokemon Go. I'm sure a lot of people thought it was really stupid, but it was actually a story that ran through the whole show. Yeah, it did. There was a beginning, a middle, and an and end. Like, who's writing wrong? <laughs> so it actually was a story that that made sense all the way through the show, and then actually had an impact on the show. And who else but our truth could sell, you know, dumbfoundedly playing Pokemon Go, walking through the ring? Um, we had the return of Neville against Mr. Irrelevant, Curtis Axel. Thought it was a decent return for Neville. It was good to see him back. There was nothing really to write no, home no, about. No, but I'm glad to have him back, but nothing really, nothing yeah. to talk about right there. And Nia Jax and Braun Strowman each had a squash match. So I guess the enhancement match and the enhancement talent is back on Raw at least. How do you feel about that? Well, I like it. I like how it protects it, protects your superstar on a roster, and that's the main thing because we always say it avoids the fifty fifty booking. Yeah, where, that too, and then you you don't have to have your own superstar refer as jobbers. Yeah, you you bring an enhancement talent. To yeah, do you that. have an actual jobber to do the job. Exactly. That's what they're. That's why they're called jobbers because they're there to do the job. Exactly. Um, and the thing about Nia Jax, I can't wait for her to get established because I know Russ on the unsanctioned episode was saying he wasn't a fan of Nia Jax, but you know I am. Yeah, yeah. After the match she had with Bailey on this past NXT, even the match she had with Oscar at the end, mm-hmm. she's more athletic than you think for her size. She can roll around in there with the best of you, and the fact that now people are saying yeah, she, Graves I think even put over like her quickness at yeah, one point. Yeah, she can move. And people keep complaining. Oh, people are saying on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook that they, she got called up too fast. I don't think she got called up too fast because they 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 always say in WWE the most important thing is the character. Nia Jax knows who she is. Mm-hmm. She knows she's bigger than everybody else. She's not smiling anymore. She's not. She. You're right. She knows who her character is and she's playing that character. Yeah. And she's so different from everybody else. That that alone makes her interesting. Yeah, and she knows that, and she knows that even how NXT promos went on, she was going with Oscar. She was to Oscar. Mm-hmm. You beat Bailey, but I broke Bailey. Yeah, 
So she knows who she is, and that's the most important thing on in WWE is your, is so, is your so-called character, and she ha- she knows what she is. Yeah, and I I'm happy to see her there. Like I said, she's so different. Um, I would like to see them take the time to build her up and not throw her into a big program right away, which I think is why they gave her the enhancement. Yeah, I, I think she's gonna go through these for a while, and then she'll probably go up against Alicia Fox and maybe Paige, yeah. and then after Sasha's done with. Um, Charlotte, I think of Sasha and Nia. Because I don't expect Sasha... I, I expect Sasha to go on a nice run with that women's title. Me too. Until it's time for Bailey to come. Because mm-hmm. I think Bailey's going to see for a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, <coughs> so, last few thoughts on Raw. We had a new set, a new theme song, a new intro, a new location for the commentary table, new camera angles, new those, commentary those, I love team. the camera angles. Camera angles are great. So, what was one of the things I was harping on? I want these shows to look different. And just watching Raw, like camera angles, very different, enjoyed them. Um, the interviews after the matches, I mm-hmm. thought it was a great touch. It gives it like a post-game feel. Like they're they're playing a little bit into they almost like a sporting event. Um, yeah, Lowdown Lloyd, No Relation, had a when uh, we felt okay. about that, those interviews. I like them. I think yeah, it's great. I love them too because, like I said, it felt different. And we always want to, even the, the Hanson Talent got interviews. Mm-hmm. And that, that's something we're not accustomed to. It would happen every now and then, rarely, but I enjoyed them because you got the interaction with the, with the superstars after the matches happened. Yeah, I think those are not going to be scripted because they're going to be so tired after doing those matches, they're not going to remember a script. Mm-hmm. It may not pay dividends immediately, but I think over the course of a year, these guys get used to doing interviews post-match. They get to go out there and just just talk. I think a year from now, a lot of these people are going to be a lot better on the microphone, and he could give them a little more freedom yeah. to explore their characters instead of just having some writer say, okay, you're going to say this, 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 and this exactly this way. It's just not... Some people may be better that way, but I think for the most part, these guys and girls are better when they get to do their own thing and mm-hmm. I think this will help lead to that but I love the look of Raw I love the changes they made even the ropes you got red ropes back. red ropes yeah I, I just I don't know it, it may even just be just because it's different that I liked it so much but I thought it added a lot it, it added a lot to the feel it felt like it, I was watching a different show not the Raw I've been watching you know like I said it, it, Raw has looked the same for the last you know 18 years like the format, everything is looks the same, and I mm-hmm. like that it looked different. Um, and Corey Graves, I felt like even made Michael Cole less annoying. Yes, he he actually elevated Cole for a second, and then <laughs> I got to, I got to the women's match. Like Cole is horrible. Oh yeah, <laughs> but I think Corey Graves is a great addition for that Raw commentary team, as we knew he would be. <laughs> he called Byron Booty Saxton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think when he mentioned the bootios, he yeah. said Saxton, you eat bootios. He said, of course. <laughs> So I think you should ask for a full <laughs> refund because you're the very definition of booty. <laughs> so I love Corey Graves being able to needle those two dorks that are sitting on you know either side of them. Um, so I thought Raw first episode in their new era. I thought they had a home run. It was the best Raw of the year. Mm-hmm. SmackDown the next night again, new intro, new theme song, new set, no ramp. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think that SmackDown lived up to Raw, unfortunately. Well, you think probably because of that extra hour? It could be the extra hour. 
I don't I don't know what it is. I don't know what it was exactly, but I know I did not feel as excited watching SmackDown as I did watching Raw. Um, but they decided they were going to come up with a new number one contender for the WWE Championship. The did your uncle Teddy come up with the six pack challenge? <laughs> Not that one, because you know he has to add extra stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the six-pack challenge where five guys were automatically in, which was Bray Wyatt, Dolph Ziggler, John Cena, Baron Corbin, and AJ Styles. Any surprises there for you or no? With any of those guys being um, put right in? Apollo, well, I'm glad they had the Battle Royal because it elevated Apollo Crews because he's a guy that we said he doesn't have a character and we don't know what he's going to do, but it made him important. It made him look like a top guy on SmackDown. So I'm glad that he was inserted into that Battle Royal and got into the main event. And it made the Battle Royal more important in that one guy, there was one spot left uh, and the person who won that got that last spot in the main event. Um, the Battle Royal I thought was okay. I did think it was good that Crews won. Mm-hmm. Um were you happy with those six guys who were going to be competing for yeah. the number one contender spot? Yeah. Beca- who did yeah, you be- think was going to win? As a, because I thought Bray Wyatt. I did too. That was that was my pick. And then, with with turning me around after I thought about it, I was like, okay, because the video packages they showed for, throughout the night. Yeah, which Dolph, was also good. Yeah, each one of those guys got you know a promo. Dolph was first, and the stuff he was saying about how. His time passed, and um, I used to steal the show, and then I didn't. I, I, it didn't go that way for me. I was like, maybe Dolph will win, but my no, my main pick was Bray because Bray's a guy that we, people want to see in the main event. They want to see him in high position, but he always gets the the rug, the rug pulled off from underneath him. I thought it made sense. Yeah, because he's Bray a heel. To win. He's a heel. Him and Dean have like a history. Yeah. Um, you know they'll have a great match and they'll tell a good story together. Um. Now, I know everybody thinks I hate Dolph Ziggler. And I know you said last week you don't want me to hate Dolph Ziggler. I don't necessarily hate Dolph Ziggler. I think the guy has a ton of talent, a ton of ability. I think he's held back for one. I think he's miscast as a babyface for another. And I think he spends too much time impersonating somebody else who he has no chance of equaling. He will never be as good as HBK. So stop impersonating him so much. And... Branch out on your own. That's how you will get to the level you should have gotten to already. Um, I don't have any problem with Dolph Ziggler being a main event guy because I think he has the talent to do it. I would have personally rather seen them build his character to that than say, okay, SmackDown is new. We know you guys like Dolph Ziggler. Okay, he wins. I I wasn't happy with that. I'm happy for him because it's a good spot for him to be in, but I think... As much as you, I think you said to me last night, they still have time to tell that story leading into SummerSlam. I just thought he's been so bland, so irrelevant for so long, it didn't excite me that he won the way it probably should have. Mm-hmm. I know it excited you, though. This is another, was this your yes. final markout yes. moment? Yes, this is my final. <laughs> this is my final markout moment. So, what are your you. feelings on it then? All right, well. I'm and do you completely disagree with my feelings on it or no? No, I understand your view completely because, well, first, I was in complete shock. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so, this is legit a so called new era. SmackDown, like, Raw is for the newer guys, and SmackDown is kind of giving guys a new, another chance. And, that's what the, and that was Dolph's thing, even before the draft came. I want, maybe I could have a new opportunity. So, we got introduced to Finn. And, again, and now Ziggler's putting up in the prime position. Dolph Ziggler, 
from 2000, or I'll say 2012. People, he's beloved at, at this point. Well, then till 2015, he was he's beloved. 2014, there was no doubt he was the hottest thing in the company. He won Survivor Series. He was the Intercontinental Champion, and for some reason, got the rug pulled underneath him. And then he he was with Rusev and did the, the, the Ruru Summer Rae stuff, mm -hmm. and then he did nothing. And then they come come up with the Shawn Michaels stuff, and he was like HBK to a T. That that wasn't the Dolph Ziggler everybody fell in love with. The Dolph Ziggler. The Dolph Ziggler we fell in love with was the show off, doing handstands in the middle of the match, doing cartwheels all the time, being an excellent worker. That was the Dolph Ziggler everybody fell in love with. He wasn't this HBK guy. Like I mentioned about Sasha and Bailey, they idolize people, but they only pull out these things when, in like in desperate situations. Ziggler is all HBK now, and. I just can't wait for Dolph Ziggler to turn heel because he's an excellent heel. He's a he's a comedian, so he can talk. Mm -hmm. he, he's real sarcastic, and I just know that he, this is giving him another opportunity. And I hope that him and Dean have an excellent match. My thing is with this match is to make SmackDown important. This is for the so-called biggest title in the company. Who? What show? What match? Main event? SummerSlam. Um, because okay, you have so. Seth and Finn for the Universal title, the crown, the new Universal Champion, and then you have the WWE Champion. I WWE know the Championship. I know the match that people are going to be most excited for is Finn and Seth. Yeah, but you are right. The one is for the WWE Championship. Hmm. Because you want to keep SmackDown important, then you have SmackDown has to main event. Seth Finn is the bigger name match, but depending on what you do with Dolph. You can elevate him a bit. Cause I know he has to turn heel because he's been faced for three years. So that's what I was going to ask you. What is you? What percentage do you think like he's going to turn heel? Ninety nine point nine percent. So you're convinced? I'm convinced he's. I'm worried that they're going to keep him as the try real hard guy. Uh -huh. I'm hoping that the the you know the goofy thing he did backstage with Vicky Guerrero when he was on the phone with his mom. Say, yeah, mom, I lost again, but I tried real hard and it was close. <laughs> I was hoping that that was like. Like a little foreshadowing in, uh, yeah, I'm not going to do that guy anymore. Hopefully, that's where it goes. Because Kevin Nash was talking about Dolph. I don't know if you read this, mm -hmm. but Dolph Ziggler, he's he does just, he's just every bit as good as Shawn Michaels. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm over exaggerating that. But he said he's just. I think he said he does what Shawn did. He like, does what Shawn did. Athletically, I think yeah. he can. He's not a baby face. I know he said he's not a baby face. This guy is a heel, and he just needs a heater. I don't want anything, I don't want a big guy coming to be Ziggler's, he, Ziggler's heater, because it's going to be another comparison to HBK. I don't want any comparisons anymore with HBK. And he can do that himself. Ziggler. Exactly. Like, he, when I would tune in, like, every once in a while, when I wasn't really watching, I'd flip it on and see what was going on. And this was during the time when Ziggler had the, the briefcase. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this guy... Like, I didn't really know anything about him. I was like, this guy's good, or this guy's going to be good. Mm -hmm. Because he was a great heel. He had the super blonde, like, combed back hair. Yeah. Um, he was such a jerk. Um, like you said, very good heel. I would like to see him get back to that, and I'm hoping that that's where this is going. Yeah, like, he, he was a, like, he basically, like, he went from the hottest thing in the company to, to doing nothing, then turned to a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. And now you have four weeks to make this guy important. Turn this guy heel, make make him a top heel on SmackDown, and have great matches with Ambrose. If he doesn't turn heel at SummerSlam, he'll turn heel after SummerSlam. You could have that rematch. Yeah. Do you think there's any chance that Dean turns heel? 
No. Okay, good. Because I, I had seen, I don't remember if it was on Twitter or Facebook, I saw some people making that theory. And I hope that's not the case. Uh, the women, we had, like we mentioned earlier, Natty and Becky had a rematch of their Battleground match. I think it surpassed the match they had on the pay-per-view. It did. And Becky got the win, which I was happy to see. She said her thing, you know, you should just call me Becky Balboa. <laughs> and then uh, the floodgates opened from backstage. <laughs> Alexa Bliss came out made her main roster debut. Said, you know, this is going to be the era of Alexa Bliss. Uh, after her, Carmella came out, and or no, Naomi came out and said, you're not ready for this, I'm ready. And you marked out. I did mark <laughs> out. I was happy to see Naomi. I'm a big, big member of the Naomi mob. Thank you. Uh, after do you that, feel the glow? I do feel the glow. Um, Carmella came out, said Tuesdays are about to get fabulous. I cringed. Me too. Um, but then, in the most obnoxious... Excellent. ...entrance. Excellent. It was almost like a lifestyle of the rich and famous, or God only knows what it was supposed to it be. It was so good. I laughed so hard. It was so good. Even Marie, excellent heel. Uh, I, I laughed too, and I... I think that that's the mark of a great heel is when people will irrationally hate someone. Like I, this is one of the things about the Miz. Like Eric hates the Miz, and it's like, yeah, he, that's how good of a heel he is. That he has you, like viscerally hating this guy. And even Marie, the same thing. Everything she does, people just hate her so violently, even more. And that's how you know she has what it takes to be a great heel. Some of it is because she's not very good at wrestling, mm-hmm. and a lot, especially the people that go to shows don't like people who are not quote-unquote good at wrestling. But you put her in a match with any baby face, and people will be cheering so hard for whoever that baby face mm-hmm. is. It doesn't even matter because they just want to see her lose. Mm-hmm. I thought it was brilliant. She didn't say anything. It was just her entrance was enough to just fire everybody in that crowd up. Yeah. Now, did you like that they did that, that they brought everybody out of the back? Um, It was okay. I cringed with Carmella because she's she doing her whole shtick. With um, I'm the um, my name is Carmella, Staten Island thing. I kind of cringe because her doing that is. They should have brought her with Enzo and Cass, and then you could have broke her up in the draft that way. That's how I would have brought it up because like I kind of cringe like fabulous. I kind of cringe at that. That's one of my issues. Is I felt like they brought up Enzo and Cass to let her stay down there and get better. I thought what they should have done with her is give her another six months. Let her work a program for the title. Let her maybe work a program as a heel against Bailey. Whatever the case may be, you could let her continue to get better before she comes up. But you didn't bring her up with Enzo and Cass, and then you didn't give her that extra time really down in NXT. Mm-hmm. Like she could have had more time to do more in NXT before she came up. Now she's still the same character, but she's not with the guys that that character is kind of based around. Yeah, and the casual fans, they don't really know Carmella. Right. Because you could tell from the silence, some of, silence, some of these NXT calls always get. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. But I, I really cringed. I was like, cause she got a little pop when the music hit. But I was just like, eh. Alexa Bliss shined. Mm-hmm. Like her, fa- like her face, when she, her face when Naomi came out. Yeah. was like, oh, no, she didn't. <laughs> and then when even Marie came out, she was like, what the heck is this? As good as, so I always talk about how great Jericho's disgusted face is. Mm-hmm. I think that Alexa Bliss may be the best female disgusted face. Yes. <laughs> the look she gives to fans. Yeah. When she's walking down to the ring. Oh, no, when Eva came out, she said, are you kidding me? <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, this is so good. She is so good. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you completely. I, I liked it because it was like we only saw three women on Raw. Mm-hmm. We saw 
Charlotte, Dana, and Sasha. I don't remember seeing anybody else nope. from that roster. You got to see the whole women's roster on the show last night. So, to me, I thought it was good. You know, maybe they could have found a better way to execute it, but I liked that they announced, basically, this is your women's division on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, Orton on Miz TV, he wasn't a planned guest. The Miz was his own guest. That was so good. <laughs> Orton said, I thought you were talking about me. He basically insulted his way into a match with The Miz. Well, Maurice accepted on his behalf. Yeah. Yeah, Maurice. Maurice's pride got a little hurt. And I honestly thought Orton dislocated his shoulder that first bump yeah. in the match. I don't know if he maybe did really get hurt or if he really sold it Does he well. look like he gained some weight and not in a good way? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I've heard before um, that people say, like, his physique is natural. Like, that he didn't, like, lift to get that physique. So it makes sense if he's not, like, a huge lifter. Mm-hmm. You probably can't keep that physique forever, especially when you're not active. You know, he was nine months out. So mm-hmm. I, I do think he looks like... But he also looked super tall, I thought, last really? night. Too. I thought he looked huge <laughs> next to The Miz. I was like, oh, my God, I didn't realize he was that big. Because The Miz isn't tiny. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he looked huge, but I thought he got hurt immediately. Mm-hmm. And maybe I should just be impressed with how well he sold it, or maybe he had like thought he injured it. Uh-huh. Um, match was okay. I guess it was a good return match for him. Get some of the rust out. The Miz, Miz, Miz is ultimately uh-huh. so good. Every <laughs> yourself, you, you ask yourself a question, you call out the chair and take his yeah. glasses off. <laughs> Kiss me, <laughs> so good. Yeah, that never gets old. It doesn't. M- Maurice has made him an even better heel than he already was. I don't know how you can hate the Miz. Miz is great. It's because he's doing his job. Exactly. I've said that to multiple people over I the last too. three months. Like, he's doing his yeah, job. People That's hate him with a passion. Him. Yeah. Um, so, he's got his match with Brock. I don't know. Do we see him on a match every week until he gets to Brock? What do you, um, what do you think? I don't know. Because I, I, he's in a promotional matches. I don't know if he's going to show up on Raw or Brock's going to be on Raw Monday. So, I don't know what's going to happen with that. Did you like... Him hitting the RKO and sitting up against the ropes and waiting to get another <laughs> Yeah. We haven't seen it in a while. I thought it was a good touch. But I, the only problem I had with it was, like, you just killed your Intercontinental Champion. Well, yeah. Uh, and that's another that's, that's another thing to get into. Like, that maybe the creative could be a little better. But I know why they did it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it might have been a little excessive with Orton on the mic. Yeah, he, It was a 12-minute segment at Battleground with Jericho another few minutes last night. We don't need to hear Orton talk that much. Yeah, That is not his strong point. Well, well, for some reason, he looks like he's having fun. Viperville. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not, a, not a big fan of the Viperville thing. Neither am I. It's uh, not doing it for me. That's not. Um, but we'll see what happens with him. I don't know what they're going to do leading up to it. Um, we have... A vignette for American Alpha debuting next week. So sick. So sick. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know who they're going to go against. But so I have. I'm kind of on the fence with this. Do you think they should have debuted last night because it's like the first show of a new era, or do you think it was good that they said, "Hey, these guys are going to be here next week. You should tune in to see them." Because I thought the the commentary team really put them over after that vignette. Uh. I don't have a problem with it because it gives you a reason to watch next week. I didn't have a problem with it at all. And then this past episode of SmackDown, it was, it was they gave the women a lot of time. 
and it was also based on that six like that like that six pack challenge got almost a half hour. Yeah. So the time was the time was split between those basically those two things as we talked about even the Miss TV segment I got a lot of time. Yeah. Heath Slater came out. Did you like that? The free agent. I did. Um, and here's why. I think Heath Slater is actually pretty good. Yeah. He's good on the mic. He's funny. He's another one of these guys that can, like, he's like a weasel, and he gets, like, that kind of heat. Yeah, he could do anything. But he actually won over the crowd. <laughs> Sign Heath Slater. Yeah, like he got them doing a chant. I thought it was, I thought it was good. I like that better than Shane saying, hey, we're about to sign the hottest free agent. And it was Rhino. Since when is Rhino the hottest free agent? I know. He just lost to Samoa Joe. He just got killed by Samoa Joe. And, like, I, I have some, some love for him because an EC, he's an ECW guy, but hottest free agent, I would have rather seen Heath Slater be signed than. I just, I just liked how Slater put over all the horrible groups he was a part of. Yeah, like Nexus, acting like these were. Three acting MB. like these were all reasons why exactly. he deserves to be there. It was all the, the garbage he did over the years. Um, no, I liked it. And I, I assume we're probably going to see him do stuff like that yeah. for the next few weeks. Um, so SmackDown, like I said, they did a lot of different things like Raw did. Um, David Otunga is really an anchor for commentary. He is so bad. And I don't mean an anchor in a good way. I mean, like, he's dragging the whole thing down. He was so bad. Like, when the show started, he's like, yeah, I got my blue shirt, my blue suede shirt. I was like, oh, my God, get him off my TV. And I think Morrow and JBL could be really good together. Yeah. Because Morrow calls the match, and I think JBL can do the same thing. And there are certain comedic things that I like about JBL, like when he's super serious about mm-hmm. something really stupid. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, I I think he can be very entertaining, but Atunga just... Yeah, and it's the thing, thing with Moro was Moro actually calls the matches out like Michael Cole. Yeah. And JBL can go off of him. But mm-hmm. Otungle, he was terrible. Yeah, he's bringing nothing to the table. Um, I liked the presentation. Yeah, the camera angles on SmackDown were great. Camera angles were really good. I liked that they don't have a stage and a ramp. Um, I So... I got one of my wishes that both shows look when you're watching them. It's not like oh, I'm just watching Raw with blue lights. It's two different looking shows. They changed the presentation of both of them. I think that's going to be a benefit. And you know, along the way, I'm sure they'll add things mm-hmm. or tweak things to make it even better. At least you hope. But I would have gave Raw probably a nine and a half out of ten this week, and SmackDown I probably would have gave like a six, six and a half. Really? Yeah. I didn't, it just didn't, now maybe it was just that, that Raw left it so much to live up to, but it didn't, it didn't hook me the same way that Raw did. And it could just be that so much of the show was just devoted to that, the six-pack challenge maybe, I don't know, but it just didn't do it for me. Now, so what, what are your feelings? Do you think SmackDown lived up to Raw? Do you think it equaled it? Well, I don't think it's going to live up to Raw because Raw is three hours, and they put a lot of, like I said, they, they gave it that six-pack challenge. But a challenge. lot of people thought that two, being only two hours would be a benefit because everybody hates the three-hour Raw. Yeah, it would be a benefit, but just not this week because they put so much emphasis on this six-pack challenge. They actually also had a battle royal. As, as, we, as we've been discussing, there wasn't much to talk about on SmackDown. Yeah. There's nothing about the Intercontinental title. There was a women's match, but not, there, there were segments for the women, 
in that women's match after that women's match, but nothing really built to. He's just got introduced to Carmella and um, Alexa Bliss and Naomi Return and even Marie. That's all that really happened on SmackDown. So in the coming weeks, next week we get American Alpha. And I'm sure we'll get more built to Ziggler and Ambrose, and then Cena and Styles will be a thing. So it'll be more story coming on next right. week's SmackDown. So what will be your grade for Raw, the first Raw of a new era? I give it about nine and a half because I was just in complete awe the, the whole night. SmackDown. I, I see what they're trying to do, so I'll be I'll give it an eight because I see what they're trying to do. I can appreciate that. So in good faith, you're giving them an yeah. eight. <laughs> so the new era for WWE, I think, is off to a very good start. I don't know. It's, if it's they only can. one week, but yeah, we'll I, like, go from I'm, there. I'm not saying they're going to keep it up, you know, indefinitely, but they could have very easily come out the first week and given us the same old thing, mm-hmm. and they didn't do that. They gave us a great pay per view followed by a great Raw. Followed by, while I'm not going to say it was a great SmackDown, it was better than any Thursday night taped SmackDown that I've seen. So everything was elevated this week, and hopefully they can continue that going forward. NXT this week, I guess we could talk about that pretty briefly. You said Samoa Joe submitted Rhino. In a nothing match. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Asuka had an interview where she was asked... Bailey and Nia Jax are fighting to see who's going to compete for your championship. Who would you rather face? And she basically said, I'll fight them both. I don't care. I love that about her, that she's just, I'll kill anybody. It doesn't matter who it is. Um, so what did you think of the Authors of Pain going up against American Alpha? <clears throat> I know you don't like them right now. Do you see potential in them? I don't know because they don't do any, like, they're big. But they don't really, they didn't really do much. Like even though they took out American Alpha before the match, American Alpha took kind of took it to them for the most part. They did. I, I thought it was a fine match. Um, I guess you know everybody's got to go out of NXT on their back pretty much, which they did. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm interested to see what they do. Because we haven't heard anybody talk yet. Yeah, we don't know their name. Even Tom Phillips was saying, "Oh, he's reaching for his his, yeah. his partner with a tattoo." It was like, <laughs> "We haven't got a name for these guys yet." Yeah. Um, so that remains to be seen, but I guess it makes sense for them to go over American Alpha, um, the Revival, mm. claim we're the we're the best tag team. We proved it. And then your boys, Johnny Wrestling and Tommaso Ciampa, came out and said. Oh, nobody could beat you? Guess what? We already did. And then Gargano gave them the tick-tock, tick-tock. <laughs> so I guess that's the next thing for them. Chomp in Gargano. I don't know the results of the cru- their Cruiserweight Classic match, but I'm terrified they're going to split up. Do you think already? I think one's going to turn on each other. I don't know, because they're, they're very over as a tag team. And if... Uh, I don't know. I have no idea what they're going to do. I think, I, I think Gargano's the more beloved god than Ciampa mm-hmm. is. Definitely. So, I think Ciampa might actually... Might, may turn on him. So, he'll do the Jericho thing with AJ? Like I hope AJ not, but... I hope not, but that's in the back of my head for some reason. Yeah, I would like to see them get a little bit more of a run as a tag team. I would, team too. Because, because there's a lot of potential there. Yeah, even when it came in last year, the first match in the Tag Team Classic, I enjoyed it. Since yeah. Then. Yeah, we had what I assume was the, the NXT TV debut of... Tough enough contestant Patrick Clark mm-hmm. in his I, I don't know if it's make wrestling great again I gear know. I don't know what it is the American flag and the bald eagle on his tights he got beat by my nemesis <laughs> Austin Aries who then took a beating from No Way Jose post match mm-hmm. I think that could be fun going forward yeah it would be 
because I think Aries is a good guy for No Way Jose to work with this early in his career. Well, I don't think... I like the size difference between mm-hmm. the two of them, and I like that he brought out some intensity from No Way Jose, which is always something you want to see. A thing about that, I don't recall... I know there's a report that Aries missed the NXT TV tapings, so I don't think this next set of tapings you see Austin Aries. Hmm. I know, I know there's a report that he missed a live event and then to replace my Angelo Dawkins because he's hmm. supposed to be Hideo with Tommy at a live event. And I think he also missed the t- TV tapings. So that may have been something that was built for, for ultimately no reason. Or at I, least we won't see it. Well, for NXT a, can always edit it out because it's yeah. tape. They can always edit something and film a, film a um, promo. True. Um, main event of the evening, Nia Jackson Bailey. I thought it was an awesome match. Yeah, I did too. I thought Nia Jax keeps showing that her growth every time she goes out there in like a big match. I liked Bailey trying to use like some different strategy. I liked Bailey getting to show some toughness. Yeah, she even went back. She tried to win the same way she won it in London. Yeah. But couldn't get it done. Yeah, I liked, I even liked, um, maybe my favorite seg- sequence of the match was when Nia hit her with the jackhammer, uh-huh. which should immediately hereafter be known as the Jack's Hammer. <laughs> I think it's stupid that they didn't just call it that did immediately. Did you call it that? I did. There you go. You heard it here first, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. The Jack's Hammer. Um... And Bailey kicked out. Nia's reaction to it was perfect. Um, really sold. Like, no, there's no way she could have kicked out of that. Bailey, the indomitable spirit. And then I loved when Nia was going to go for her leg drop that only I love so much. And then she decided, you know what? I'm going to do a leg drop off the top rope on her. And Bailey turned around into a Bailey to belly off the top rope, gets the win, moves to take over Brooklyn to face Asuka. Well, I don't know. Did you have any any thoughts on this match? Was there anything you particularly liked? Anything? Well, I like I love this match because, like I mentioned earlier, that Nia Jax she's more athletic than people give her for. She's she, she is, is she bigger? Yeah, but she is able to move around in that ring and keep up with the smaller women in the division. And she she showed a great showing last night. She showed more moves in her arsenal than I remember. I remember her seeing her. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, they they've done a good job with her, and she's done a good job of like getting better every time she goes out there. Mm-hmm. Um, she still. I don't even want to say she could. It's not like she's bad on the microphone. Uh, she looked a little uncomfortable when they interviewed her down at the performance center the night of the draft. But how often did you just get drafted? You're like all emotional because mm-hmm. you got drafted, and then you have to go up and talk on a microphone. Uh, I think when she does her typical promos, she makes the points that she needs to be making, and she hits all the the marks that she needs to be hitting, and. Uh, do you think that there's a chance that Bailey wins the women's championship two years in a row at Brooklyn, or do you think she is destined to lose to Asuka again? I don't know, because I'm thinking, because like I mentioned last week, they're, they're bringing up more NXT women and making them relevant. Is that Liv Morgan, she's, she got a victory. Billy Kay got a victory. Mandy Rose and Daria, they're on TV now, so they're putting emphasis on these newer women. And if you if you took, if you took call Bailey up, then it's like, you're going to work about leaving with Asuka, and that's it. Yeah. That's that's my thing about it. I think they could hold off on Bailey. Everybody wants Bailey to come, but I think they could hold off on Bailey for a little bit because it's for the benefit of the newer women. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, so last thing, I guess we could talk a little bit about the Cruiserweight Classic. It was the second episode of round one. Was there anyone who stood out to you? 
TJ Perkins. How great is he? He was excellent. Very different style. Very uh, entertaining style. He can do a lot of different things. Daniel Bryan, I think, did a great job of putting him over. He did a great job with all these matches. Yeah. Um, Still haven't talked about Bears yet, but I'll, yeah. I'll leave that alone. <laughs> we, we got a few more episodes yeah. to get to that. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm impressed with like all these guys to different degrees. Um, Tajiri, we obviously know very well. Uh, I did love that Daniel Bryan shouted out the light heavyweight championship yeah. during this match. Somebody remembers it. Yeah, yeah, at least one person. Um, what did you think of Demac, the Michael Jackson uh, of wrestling? Well, I thought Yatsu had the battle to dance off. <laughs> <laughs> he had he shined at times. He was okay. He shined at times in that match. Yeah, I mean, TJ Perkins was clearly always going to win. How about when he dabbed and? Uh, yeah, I love that. Daniel Bryan. Said, oh, he did a little dubstep. <laughs> and Ranallo said, yeah, he, he did the dab. He goes, oh, did I, am I not up on my popular culture? How shocking. <laughs> um, I thought TJ Perkins was great. Lince Dorado. He was great. was really good. Um, and Tazawa, who I, I'd never seen before. What I liked is you could tell Kenneth Johnson was not really on the same level as him. Yeah. But they put on a match that made him look on the same level. Uh-huh. And the commentary kept putting over like how tough this guy was. He's got an answer for everything Tozawa does. And I like that there's clearly guys who are going to quote unquote be jobbers on this show. Yeah. Um but they don't put anybody over as a jobber. Like they let everybody shine to a certain degree. And again, like the representation of we had two guys from Japan, we had an Australian, we had Guy from the Philippines, Germany, Puerto Rico, Detroit, um, Pakistan, like people from all over the globe, different styles, Think different looks. To the show? They might. <laughs> they might. I will. I think we've at numerous points tonight. We've realized that they're like, they, listen, <laughs> they watch or listen to our show. Um, next week we get Zack Saber Jr. Can't wait for that. Yeah. Who else? I forget. There's somebody else big on the next episode. I forget who it is. Is it Gargano Ciampa next week? It might be. I don't remember. But I, I've never seen Zack Sabre Jr. I don't know if you have. I, I watched his match with Kurt Angle. That was good. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting a chance to see him. Uh, this thing is so cool, though. It is cool. Like, it's so different. You're watching wrestling really like the purest form of wrestling. Yeah, and, you, and you're amazed every time somebody comes out there. You don't know who they are, and you just sit there and watch. And you're like, wow, this guy's awesome. Like, TJ Perkins... I like, like when I first saw his vignette in the bracketology. I was like, "Hmm, what's this guy about?" Interesting and, story. Yeah, and so they saw they showed him dancing and stuff. I was like, oh. "Then I watched this past week as I, past week's episode. I was like, wow, this guy's awesome.' He's very, very entertaining in like a very different kind of way. Um, like I said, Lindsay Dorado was a lot of fun. He had the shooting star press. He hit that what was it like a reverse Hurricane Rana? Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, like springboard. Yeah, reverse Hurricane Rana was awesome. Um, and I, ju- I just really I know they talked about this a lot in the Bracketology show about how cruiserweight is just a weight class it's not a style but it amazes me both episodes I've seen and the eight matches I've seen the different styles that you really get mm-hmm. like some guys are hard hitters some guys are strikers some guys are high flyers like it's, some guys are technical it's, it's just really cool to see all these Different cultures, different backgrounds, different styles showcased on one show. And 
I'll say this every time that we talk about the Cruiserweight Classic. As much as people want to complain about WWE and the, their shortcomings and the things they do wrong, things like this are the reason why nobody will ever compete with them. Mm-hmm. Like, they found a market that's like, oh, you know what? Like, these guys are all succeeding on a small stage all over the world. Yeah. How about we put them on our network and then they can all succeed on a much bigger stage and... Yeah, it gives them that exposure to the entire world. Not just their country, the entire world. And that's going to help not just... People always talk about how WWE doesn't acknowledge the wrestling world outside of themselves. To me, this is a huge acknowledgement. Yeah, they might not do, the they might not do it on Raw, but they do, they do it in other ways. And this is going to help the wrestling world outside of WWE. Yeah. More people are seeing all these guys in their first match than have probably seen them at any other time. Yeah, and then this, help, this helps these guys too because if, even if they don't get in with WWE, who says Ring of Honor doesn't call you? Who says... Right. TNA doesn't call you. You probably want to answer the phone if TNA calls you. Yeah. But, but who knows? What but you're getting that call nonetheless. Exactly. You might get a call from House of Hardcore. You know, at the very least, it's flattering. Yeah, to get yeah, call. yeah. Yeah, Dixie call you. Sugar, you want to come work for it? No, bye, Dixie. But hey, it gets you exposure to the entire world, in the, in the entire world of wrestling. Yeah, it's just, it's just a different way. Like, I'm so used to knowing a story that's going on or knowing a guy's history and like watching all these guys that I've never seen before not knowing what to expect from anybody is a lot of fun it's just a very different way to to consume professional wrestling I couldn't be more thankful to WWE for bringing it to us each week mm-hmm. um, did anything else stand out to you from this past um, I think we covered everything um so, Cruiserweight Classic and NXT going on as we've been recording. So, I have no idea what happens in either. We will be talking about that next week. Um, was there anything you wanted to plug before we got out of here? Well, I got a couple more list of questions. Oh, okay, go ahead. By the way. All right, got another question from Professor Charles Xavier okay. Ahmed Johnson. Man, he's got his fingerprints <laughs> all over the show. This yes, week. he does. Should, should the WWE have waited until SummerSlam to start the Sasha Banks era? Selfishly, I would say yes because I, I would have liked to have been there in person to see it. But I think I think they were smart to do it the way they did because they knew it was probably going to be more people watching Raw than have been watching. They know that they're trying to sell this whole idea of it's new, like it's a new era, and they were able to put that over just with that match. Like this is a new era; they anything can happen on Raw. Um, huge moment for the crowd huge moment on social media I actually got an email from WWE today asking to fill out a survey and every question was about the Sasha Banks Charlotte match how did I watch it, who did I watch it with what was my reaction to it, what words would I use to describe it so they knew that they were doing something big big enough that now the next day they're gauging what the level of interest was in it Um, but we've talked a lot about them holding off on stuff. Oh, we'll save this for this. We'll save this for that. Sometimes you just got to do it. Like, when it's the right time to do it, you just do it. So, I don't think so. What about you? Do you think they should have saved it? Or do you think they did the right thing? Well, selfishly, (laughs) for my my own reasoning, I would have loved to see it. But, you know, I'm... I don't... As long as it's done correctly, I I never care when it's done. As Mm -hmm. long as it's done properly. And this was done properly. You gave them... A bunch of time. You gave them a lot of time. You didn't hold them back from having the best match they can. <clears throat> so, I don't care. Like I said, I do not care 
when, when or where it happened, as long as it's done correctly, because you should always put your best product out there each and every week. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have said it better myself. Totally agree. All right, what else we got? I got one more from the Lowdown Lord, no relation. All right. <laughs> he says, do you think the error of guys getting the title 15 and 16 times is over? Hmm. That is a really tough question. The way it stands <laughs> right now, I'd have to say, yeah, because there is nobody they have built up enough to do that. Like, they have not allowed anybody to even become half of what John Cena is. Uh, and I don't think that's that nobody has the ability to do it. I think they haven't given anybody the opportunity to do it. We are in the, the quote-unquote new era, which means maybe they will allow somebody to get that big. But like I said, the way I see the product right now, I I feel like I can't picture anybody having 15 world titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say no. Because in the Cena era from 11, for 11 years now, Especially in the early 2005 to around 2010, they didn't really. I want to. I don't want to. They didn't have anybody or build anybody to a main event level. It was all you. Even though you have two, both shows on Raw, you always see Cena and Orton in the main event. Smack and Triple H would be there too. You always see Triple H maybe in, in Edge maybe. J, later in, later in the game, Jeff Hardy and Punk got into it, but. And that round that five year span, you saw only those oh and Batista. You saw only those handful of guys with the title. Mm-hmm. And it bounced around to those guys numerous times. So a lot of those superstars reigns were through throughout that five year span. And then yeah. plus they count WWE championships and World Heavyweight Championships right. as a as a whole. So if you if you kinda do the math, there's not many only four there's not many double digit time champions in the company. Right. So, yeah, like even Triple H, he's got the, what, 14? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's mixed between the two world titles. Yeah. Same thing with Cena. So you're right. There is not many guys who have one title double-digit times. So you don't think, if it does happen, who do you think is the most? Is there anybody in the company now you could see getting 10 world championships? Uh, no, because that's, that's a high number. Finn I, isn't young enough. Like the only person, AJ, the only person I can really think is probably Seth or or Roman. Because Roman's held it three times already, believe it or not. But th- unless they change, change unless they get competition and change their view of title title blends, then I don't see it happening. Because that's a lot of time. There's one person in the company that I think has the best chance. I'm not saying it's going to happen, and it's not because of how much of a mark I am for this person. But she's only 24 years old. She just won it for the first time. 16-time women champion. I'm not saying 16-time, but I could see her maybe being... If she stays healthy, which, mm-hmm. who knows, and if she does this for 10, 12 years, who's to say she doesn't get 10 women's championships? That's a long time. I mean, that's a long time. And how many... I don't know. I'm not predicting that. I'm just saying she's so young that she has a chance to have the kind of longevity it would take to get to double digits. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I just think based on her age, how over she is, how beloved she is, and the fact that the women's roster is always going to be a little thinner than the men's roster. They're never going to have as big of a roster as the men do, at least not for a few years. I think that gives her an opportunity to get to double digits. But I definitely would never predict it. I just think she has a good chance based on factors I said. Well even though she's young, she's twenty four, she is engaged and she has to start making those little boss babies with Mikazi one day. 
Oh, well, maybe he's like John Cena. And really do it. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I don't have no idea what's going to happen with her. Her childbirth years. I don't know what. I don't know what she's going to do. I'm not going to make any predictions. Well, the, on that the, woman, the women like to get out early, so she, she's young enough to have a long, a long longevity, at, even at the age of 24. Yeah, I mean, her and Paige are both so young. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think Sasha, for whatever reason, has gotten over with the fans even more than. Paige was when she came up. Mm-hmm. Paige has kind of got lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Um, were there any more questions or was that everything? Oh, that's it. Uh, anything you wanted to plug? Yes, next week we, we, we will be having our monthly Matt Madness tournament. It will be the Matt Madness Tag Team Classic, so t- tune in next week for that. We'll also, we'll also be posting the, on the Facebook and Instagram page some of the teams that are in it. Well, anything else we have to plug? Oh, also follow us on Twitter, Matt Madness, at Matt Madness. At Matt Madness. At Matt Madness. Instagram, Matt.Madness underscore podcast. On Facebook, just play Matt Madness. You can follow me on the Twitter and Instagram at all underscore soul, S-O-L-E. You got anything else to plug for yourself? Uh, Twitter, at Ron Pashery, R-O-N-P-A-S-C-E-R-I. Um, you can listen to us on iTunes on Podbean, and now on Stitcher. Uh, we're very easy to find. Uh, this week we don't have any video, but you can watch video on our YouTube channel or on our Facebook page. We typically have clips up that you could watch. Um, I don't know. Is there anything anybody could do for us on iTunes that might help us out? Get, they, they can get on the top row, give us a five-star frog splash in the review section. All, all feedback is appreciated. Thank you. We will really appreciate it. And if anybody out there has any interest in being a featured guest on Matt Madness Unsanctioned, you could always reach out to us on our Facebook page, on Twitter. Uh, if you read me on TJR, I have my email address at the bottom, PASC1979 at gmail.com. Uh, that's everything for this week. For ALO, Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Aaron Lloyd uh, from Athens, Greece, I am Ron Pashery. And we will see you next week.